Welcome back to Cancer Perspective. We're glad to have you. Today's topic is about advanced care planning. In an ideal world, we would all have a plan for when we become older, when we become sick, when our circumstances change in a direction that we need to make significant changes in our life planning well ahead of a trauma or a tragedy so that you can make decisions with a clear and logical head. And in that ideal world, everything would turn out perfectly. You would have your insurance and finances in place. You would have your estate planned. But of course, we don't live in that ideal world. And oftentimes, decisions are left to a very traumatic time. Sometimes that means either the person experiencing the trauma, such as a cancer diagnosis, or their family are left to make decisions at the spur of the moment, and emotions are at their rawest. Today we'll talk about different types of advanced care planning so that we have an idea of what that means. So that if you are in the position where you can make certain decisions and have certain conversations with your family at a very comfortable and calm time rather than in the heat of a traumatic change. Let's first talk about different types of documents that you may hear about when you enter a hospital at any time. Hospitals are supposed to ask you if you have a pulsed form or if you want to fill out a post form in the hospital. A post, P-O-L-S-T, stands for Provider Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatment. These are medical orders that communicate a person's wishes on intervention if end-of-life looks imminent. This is portable, meaning you can have this document completed at any healthcare facility and take this to different providers or have this on your refrigerator should somebody have to call 911 on your behalf or you call 911. It's a signed orders that consists of medical orders applying critical medical decisions. It is a legal document that tells who you want making medical decisions for you when you cannot speak or make those decisions for yourself. It documents if you want or do not want CPR or cardiopulmonary resuscitation. If you were not able to breathe on your own, would you want to be hooked up to machines that could breathe for you? Do you want feeding tubes or artificial feeding? As I said, it's a legal document, but it is rescindable and changeable throughout your health history. A POLST is different from an advanced directive. An advanced directive includes a living will, a health care power of attorney, and these are documents that you may have already filled out when you are preparing a will or going through estate planning. It's a good document to have. You can also select a surrogate decision maker. All adults should have advanced directives. When you are a young family and you have children, 
you are encouraged to get advanced directives to help make decisions should some unfortunate tragedy mean that you could no longer care for your children. An advanced care plan is a document that shares what you would and would not have done if you are ever in an accident or sick and can't make your decisions yourself. You do not need a lawyer or a physician signature to make these advanced care plans. It is wise to choose a decision maker for your health care decisions when you can't make your own. Certain states have differences among advanced care planning documents. For instance, a medical decision maker or a health care agent usually starts with the person who is your legal guardian that's been assigned by the court. The next person in line who can make decisions for you without a legal document, the next person online is a spouse. And in Illinois, the third person in line is a same-sex domestic partner. Then comes any adult child. Then comes any parent. Then an adult brother or sister. Then an adult grandchild. Next comes any close friend willing to step up. And then finally, the guardian of your financial estate. If there is no one that you trust to be your agent, you need to let your healthcare team know about that. There may be some additional options for you because it is important to choose the right person to be your healthcare decision maker. Somebody that can think logically within what you wish, not necessarily be burdened by their own emotions. Can they honor your wishes? Can they think like you? How will the distress of decision-making impact their ability to think clearly? When you are having conversations and completing documents that express your wishes for optimal health care when you can't make your own decision, you want to take into account your medical values do you want to live every day possible, no matter the condition of your body? Do you want your organs donated? Or do you want to make sure that you only eat and enjoy food naturally, but not artificially? Express your personal values. Talk openly about your fears and anxieties. Do you have religious or spiritual goals or values that need to be recognized? What do you consider maintaining your dignity? What does it mean to you when you say your affairs are in order? And then, of course, what are your values about death? Is it important for you to have everyone around, one person around in private? Do you want to die at home, die in the hospital? If you have been hooked up to life support, would you want to stay on life support? And what does that look like if the decision has to be made? When would you be taken off of life support? What does the term pursuing treatments mean to you? Aggressiveness or comfort? We've talked a little bit about different types of tubes 
What tubes would you allow and not allow if you had a choice? Is there a physical condition that you would especially not tolerate? What happens after you die? Do you want to have a funeral, a memorial service? Would you prefer to be cremated or buried? Would you want your body to be donated to science? Would you want organs donated? In that ideal and special world that I wish we all lived in, we know that circumstances change all the time. It is important to reconsider your planning every time that there is a death within your own little community, maybe a divorce, maybe a change in your health or a new disease like cancer. Rethink about everything and know that you can change your mind at any time. It's always a good discussion to have with the ones that you love the most. In the world of cancer, this topic is extremely difficult to bring up in the beginning of your journey. It meshes together emotions concerning for a new diagnosis and concerns for, well, what's happening next? And you don't want to think that having a new diagnosis of cancer means I have to get my affairs in order now because I'm going to be dead in so many weeks. That's not the typical course of a cancer diagnosis. So often it is not brought up in the beginning of the journey. But that does not mean that this topic isn't extremely important for before the journey begins. As we have discussed before, most cancer journeys include a surgical procedure. Surgical procedures mean that you could potentially have unforeseen complications. Being prepared for unforeseen complications before a cancer diagnosis would absolutely be in that realm of the ideal world. On the flip side, if we leave this topic until the very end of life, until the final weeks or days, Studies have found that having the conversation later increases psychological distress. It increases the chance that you will receive medical treatments against your preferences, that healthcare resources with little benefit will be utilized, that the patient and their loved ones will have a more difficult time with bereavement. A quality end-of-life care in a patient with cancer usually means receiving adequate pain and symptom management. According to the National Cancer Institute that has conducted surveys and interviews with patients, receiving quality end-of-life care for the patient means making sure that pain and symptom management is controlled avoiding inappropriate prolongation of the dying process, allowing the patient to have a sense of control, helping relieve burdens for them and relieving burdens for their family members, and of course, having time to strengthen relationships with their loved ones. Today, we are just focusing on starting the conversation, getting the paperwork together, you can find the paperwork for advanced care planning, living wills, the post, healthcare power of attorney, and then there's also financial power of attorney. You can find those documents online. You can find those documents within your healthcare team. You can discuss them with lawyers or professionals that you trust. 
But the important thing is to have those conversations with the people that you love and get some things written down. Thank you for joining us. Take care and spread kindness.